Yeah, if I if I'm two beers in, I'm punching this mic all the time. Bah. Yeah, pretty much. I, I think I've talked a bit about how to drink the YouTube channel, and it is delightful watching the host get like more wild and more exuberant as the show goes on as he has been drinking the drinks that he's made. It's it's good stuff. The outro is always fun. Yeah, I have yet to watch it, but it got a second recommendation from a uh, fan of the show, Ian. He's like, oh, my God, when Nick mentioned that YouTube channel, I love that YouTube <laughs> channel. It's amazing. There's a there's a couple of great episodes uh, where he makes drinks from Critical Role. Uh, one of them is like actual drinks that have actually been talked about in the show. Uh, and then the other one is a drink that was made on the show in the ad section as a joke. Um, uh, it's it's the Elder Mancy uh, after the name of their sponsor. And it has an ingredient for every letter in the word Elder Mancy. And it ends up being utterly horrifying. I'll, I'll give oh. you one uh, one heads up uh, if it shows you um, what uh, what kind of drink this is. Uh, the M stands for mayonnaise. No, and the I'm and out. the A stands I'm for out. absinthe. Don't don't nope. <laughs> you you have me out at mayonnaise as a drink. That's just I hate mayonnaise in general. So no. You know I think it was mayonnaise. It might have been mezcal, but um, but those are drastically different <laughs> things. Those are very <laughs> different. What, what one is some beaten ass eggs and one is smoky <laughs> gasoline tequila. Like those are super different. Uh yeah. Let me. Yeah, here we go. Let me uh, look it up to to be sure, so I'm not slandering the good name of of Elder Mancy. Uh, okay, yeah, it is uh, it is me- mezcal. So, uh, spoiling the episode here a little bit. Um, elderberry liqueur, great. Lemon juice, uh, dry vermouth for D. Uh, espresso, uh, rum, mezcal, absinthe, Newcastle brown ale. Um, a cherry for C. And then this is why I thought it was uh, mayonnaise. The Y is yogurt. Oh, do they blend it? Uh, they shake it. Oh, it's That's just, I like yogurt. Sounds vomit inducing, but those things together sound awful. I like most of those things individually, but <laughs> it's like. Who, why, why, why did they put them together? Zach, next time that you have some mezcal, just uh, add, I add, have some add a scoop right now. Okay. Add a scoop of yogurt in there. Uh-huh. And just uh, tell me how, tell me how it tastes. Yeah. It seems no. horrifying. And like most of these things are alcohol. So. Wouldn't that just like curdle? I mean. Yeah. I feel like an Irish car bomb where it just instantly curdles if you don't chug it immediately. I've always uh, thought that white russians were difficult to drink because oh, of that oh, fact no Darren and i used to drink white russians while i played the Euro they're so time. good yeah zach's like i like these uh that was when i didn't really drink i came over and Garrett's like all right how about uh let's try white russian and i was like ooh, tasty milk this is the first alcoholic <laughs> beverage is, i ever had in my life was white you know this is, this is spicy milk i was four i was 14 working in a kitchen oh nice yeah <laughs> it was the first drink that i had also and it was uh not pleasant i could not drink milk for like several weeks after that without thinking about it my favorite white russian story uh, besides drinking them and getting drunk with garrett while we played hero clicks is 
we went when Garrett and I worked at Geek Squad. There was a Christmas party, and uh, I showed up a little bit late. And one of the guys who worked for us was already drunk, and he goes, <laughs> "Hey, do you want a drink?" And I said, "Sure." He said, "What do you want?" And I said, uh, "Surprise me." And he oh, comes no. back with a white Russian, and I took a sip of it, and I said. I'm 90% certain this is pure vodka with just like a <laughs> splash of milk for color. A milk float. Yep. <laughs> it was like, it, oh my God, it was so strong. Wow. Yeah, that's, you can always count on the people who have had drinks to make the strongest drinks, which is why, why it's a sort of a multiplicative effect. You don't <laughs> let drunk people make you drinks. That's no. the rule. Don't let drunk people make you drinks. It'll either be too strong or inedible, like unfit for human consumption <laughs> yeah. in some way. Like the Eltermancy. Oh. <laughs> now now you gotta you gotta write into that show and and suggest that they replace the Mezcal with Mantis. <laughs> oh yeah. No. Alright, we need to be done. I'm done talking about <laughs> drinkable mayonnaise. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 41 of the Co-Hops podcast. Uh, I am your host for this week, Nick, and I am joined by Zach. Hello, everyone. And Garrett. Hello. And Garrett has picked the beer this week, uh, one that I have some affection for and Zach is probably not going to like. So uh, why don't you take us into what this is? So this week... I uh, kept up my new variety or my new way of picking beer, which was this had a dragon on it, and uh, <laughs> so I, I I picked it. It's called Dark Star by Fremont Brewing uh, down in Seattle. It's an imperial oatmeal stout, and I immediately was like, "Yes, Zach will love this," because he's been <laughs> drinking coffee lately. So you know he's probably <laughs> no, indoctrinated. That's over. That's over. What did it last like three days? It was like a month. Okay. Well, you just do you just drink like C four now? No, God, no. That's <laughs> too much. <laughs> so, uh, Dark Star uh, is inspired by the wandering tribes scattered through the terrible journey of time and space and adrift <laughs> in the dark matter between the spaces of then and now. <laughs> Holy shit! I did not read this. I just copied and pasted it. This got. <laughs> This got like sci-fi fantasy from zero to a hundred. Uh, but but also it's like it's just philosophical. It's like uh, yeah. we're all a part of the wandering tribes, man. The, the dark matter between the spaces of then and now. Oh man. <laughs> Dark Star is a dark, mysterious, yet silky oatmeal stout of grand proportions, balanced by a firm hop handshake. Go ahead. <laughs> enjoy the journey. Because beer journeys matter <laughs> and wow. there's okay. a whole bunch of information i mean i think it's been quite some time before we've gotten this much information about a beer uh, if you go to we've been picking a lot of new stuff yeah, yeah if you go to fremont brewing's website and you search the beer it's got like an entire web page dedicated to it with a whole bunch of cool information. I didn't get the solid rat molecule score, but I can very easily click on this and it's, find it. It's going to be like 37. 
37 37 it, solid what's what's what do you think what do you think zach what's your solid rap molecule uh, score because it's my, one to 40 my, right fuck i don't know i'm gonna say it's it's basically black so if it's one to 40 i'm gonna say 38 i'm gonna price this right you next excellent okay all right and you want to know who wins oh is it me, me? Nobody, because it's not on the website. So, uh, moving on. <laughs> this beer got a beer advocate score of 91. And I pulled a review. I tried to look for a funny one. They were all the same. They were all very, very serious. So, this was the one that, um, I don't know. It, it is a review. It spoke that, to you. It spoke to me. So, uh, I'm going to stop talking and say? take my first sip. And Nick, since you've drank this before, drunk this, drinking, uh-huh. drink it, uh, go for it. All right. <clears throat> so, yeah, uh, this uh, review has a score of 3.92 out of 5, 3.7% uh, below the standard. Uh, look, 4.25. Smell, 3.5. Taste, 4. Feel, 4.25. Overall, 4. By Victory underscore Saber 1973 from Minnesota. I think it's really weird that it has a 4.25 for look when it just looks black. Like, I mean, <laughs> there's that's, nothing that interesting about it. Looks, it. it looks really nice. It, I think it looks nice. Wow. The, the head in particular has a nice, like, caramel color to it. And for the uh, listeners at home, Zach's drinking it in a stein that you can't see through. So all he sees is foam and a it's little pitch blackness. Of, yeah, pitch blackness. You don't actually listen. Get to we're see drinking anything. a dragon beer. I got my cool leathery stein thing. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just using a regular old glass for drinking out of, um, or specifically the tulip style uh, teku glass. But anyway. The review goes, this beer pours pitch black. There you go. The head on a not aggressive pour comes out to three fingers. Did not come out that way for me. That is unbelievable. Uh, not they just they just turned the can upside down. I think. <laughs> yeah, basically. But they said non aggressive, <clears throat> so they they just were relaxed with it, like Garrison. Mm-hmm. They just turned it upside down and walked away. Yeah, yeah. maybe they didn't do the sidewall pour thing that that I've gotten used to. But anyway. Uh, I'll stop interrupting this guy or gal. Uh, it is brown and very long lasting. The head, that is. The bubbles of the head are small. There's a good deal of lacing on the glass. Uh, the nose isn't too strong here. I do get a faint hint of a dark chocolate and a hint of coffee. Taste, I get a good amount of dark chocolate up front. There's coffee notes that hit as well up front, but more on the back. There's a bit of malt in the flavor as well. There's a bitterness that hits in this beer that lingers on the backside. Soft mouthfeel from the oats. Thick and creamy and full-bodied. This is one solid and delicious beer. I do recommend it. So our resident coffee hater, what do you think? Yeah. it. I. It's less coffee pronounced than other beers we've had. Mm-hmm. Specifically the porters, which are mm-hmm. very coffee flavored and disgusting. I do get the dark chocolate, though, Yeah, which I enjoy dark chocolate a lot, which is funny that I don't like coffee. And I'm not a huge fan of dark chocolate, despite liking coffee, so I don't know what the deal is. I need to bring you some good dark chocolate, Nick. Yeah, I do. I do like some dark chocolate. I just tend to prefer milk chocolate. I think I just have a sweet tooth. You need but... some 90% oh. dark chocolate for baking. They'll, <laughs> they'll turn you right around. Yep. The Everclear of chocolate. 
Yeah, <laughs> I definitely agree with a lot of a lot of stuff about this. Um, there is a bit of malt and like, yeah, the hop bitterness is the thing that sticks with you, uh, which I suspect would be something that would make Zach like it a little more than normal because it is a little hoppier than you expect from a stout. It does have that oatmeal thickness, though, and I know that can put you off sometimes. Mm, thickness doesn't bother me too much. It's typically with a beer like this, like we've had stouts uh Mm -hmm. in the past that i really enjoyed most of the time with this it's if there's too much of a noticeable coffee flavor that'll turn it off for me just because the flavor i just am not a fan of but this one it's not too bad actually this is fairly enjoyable i don't think like garrett you were trying to give me two cans of this i was like Mm -hmm. i don't i'm not gonna drink two for one Mm -hmm. to start i'm not gonna have two of them but i don't think i could drink two of these yeah it's eight percent also so I mean, I was there was another beer which I won't mention because I, I might feature it uh, later. But it was a it was an imperial hazy, Ooh. and it was nine point eight percent. I posted it on the Discord, so those of you who uh, follow us on the Discord, I gave it a score of drunk out of five. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. man, they went down smooth and they went down quick, and I was like, man, I have a really strong buzz. Oh, they're ten percent per beer in uh-huh. these little cans. Uh, yeah, so, so that was, that was good. But these stouts, I, I only brought one up. I, I have a second one in the fridge cause I can't do more than one. Like a pint yeah. is too much of a stout <laughs> for me sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I'll, I'll drink it, but I wasn't going to force myself to drink two cans of stout tonight. Yeah. No. I aspirationally brought two, but I doubt I will get through them as the slowest drinker of them all. Of us well, all. Now you have... Now, now you have homework. You have to do it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll get to chugging, which peer ooh, pressure. Man, chugging a stout sounds like the worst thing in the world. <laughs> um, but yeah, well, it doesn't smell. That's what you do when you do a car bomb? It does. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. So I agree with the the beer advocate review. It doesn't. It doesn't smell strongly at all. Like it's yeah. Mm-mm. You know, I would expect from the flavor for it to have some fragrance, but it's 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 not. It tastes very good. It's very smooth. Yeah. Um, I thought I might be congested, but it turns out it's just not a very fragrant beer. Mm -hmm. Is it? Am I misremembering or do you guys uh, does this remind you of the um, Irish death as well? Yeah. Yeah. There's a little similar um, vibes from this that I did with that. Yeah. It's a lot less bitter. Than mm-hmm. Irish Death. Yeah. yeah. But it's got a similar taste profile. Mm-hmm. It, like it does. Like slight amount of carbonation that that one had as well. It's mm-hmm. gentler. It's not as, like, vicious. Well, it uh, doesn't have death on the title. It's not Dark Star Death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or or Dark Death Star? Maybe that's what... Death ah! Maybe they should make a collaboration for May the 4th. and Dark Death Star. Dark Death like Star. It. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. Uh, yeah, speaking of good stuff, we'll check in with the beer again later in the episode. Uh, but for now, we'll get to what we've been playing. Uh, and I think we'll start with Zach this week, um, as he has the coolest, newest toy to talk about playing (laughs) with. Yeah, but Zach doesn't play video games. Everybody knows that. You and Uh I know that. Everybody listening knows that Zach will be like, (laughs) I bought 20 more games. I didn't play anything. Move on. Yeah. 
Yeah. Chip, Chip even messaged us in our group and was like, I feel like Zach, I'm, <laughs> I'm buying games and not playing them. <laughs> and I was like, oh, damn. Yeah. I'm getting called out. When, when your name is being used as a verb to mean something that is a bad habit, that you know you've made a mistake. Well, as Nick said, I've got the newest toy with the Steam Deck, and I have had a little bit of time to mess with it, and I installed like 30 games on it. And the most impressive thing, like Garrett would text me, he's like, hey, how's it like, how's it run? Is it, are you having any problems with it? And the most impressive thing about it is no, I'm not. It's, it just works. Like for a Linux based computer handheld using Proton emulation, like I can't believe how well it just works. It's pretty mind blowing actually. Like switch levels of ease of use. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Like I just go to my library and there's a tab that says great on deck and those are the, the ones that are verified and they'll have a little green checkbox and I just install it, click play and it goes. If I wanted to, you can put it to sleep like you can with a switch. You just press the power button and it goes to sleep. Wow. And it does track your game time while it's sleeping, but then it erases it. Mm. So huh. I had one that I loaded up and it was like 23 hours played. I was like, ah. I played you for like a half hour. And then when I closed the game, it, it cut all that extra time off. So oh. they must have some way to track that. But Interesting. It's, um, yeah, I mean, it's it it just works. And even like I went and I installed the Heroic Game Launcher for from the desktop mode, which allows you to play like GOG and Epic games. And I installed Spelunky from GOG and that worked. Unfortunately, Disco Elysium didn't work from Epic, Aww. so then I bought it on Steam. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, there are three categories for like the Steam Deck verified. So verified with the green checkbox. Oh, there's four. Yeah. Steam Deck so, expert over here. So let me let me do the three, and then you tell me about the mysterious fourth that I haven't heard of. So they they've got verified, which Zach mentioned, and that's just yep. it works. So. And, and it means it means Valve themselves has checked it out. Yeah, and and it, and it works, and it also yeah. has like a community profile for the Steam controller, so it like just automatically works, right? Yep. Um, and and th- when you're when you're on your library, it'll ask you to if you're playing a verified game, it'll say like, does this game work like oh, well? Cool. Is it is mm-hmm. it reported correctly? So you can contribute to that. That reminds me of XCloud because every time you close out of XCloud, it has a little like interactive survey that takes yeah. like two seconds. It's like, what did you like? Did you like the streaming or did you, or do you want to comment on the game itself? So you can Mm -hmm. give feedback for both. And that's pretty cool. Playable, which I thought was like, uh, you're going to have a whole lot of problems. I started looking through all the playable and it's like, uh, on-screen text might be smaller than normal or, uh, you might need to use an on-screen keyboard to enter in your custom character's name. And it's like, uh, Okay. okay. Yeah, it, sure. it, it makes it sound all scary too. It's like you might need to invoke the on-screen keyboard manually. It's like, what? <laughs> oh, I just have to type my character name. No, no, no. So right. You need a séance. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you need sixteen candles. All right. And s- sometimes it's like the game's launcher requires additional inputs or something. Yeah. It's like uh, yeah, perform <laughs> a ritual to summon the uh, the on-screen keyboard to do a special attack. And there's unsupported, which like most of the most of the ones I've clicked on say uh we're investigating or working on this but some of them just go no the anti-cheat system w- this will never work pretty much oh. it gives you a message that says the anti-cheat system is not compatible with linux and it doesn't let you i mean you can download the game files but you can't do anything with the game it doesn't even oh. yeah sad 
And the fourth one is just unknown. It's just a question mark. <laughs> and they're like, we don't know. Huh. And so, yeah, the I've installed one game that was unknown. I haven't played it yet. But, mm. oh, actually, I did. No, I'm sorry. I did install it, and it worked fine. Nice. So, it's, yeah, I mean, the um, I did install one that was playable as well. It wasn't verified, and that one worked fine. And it, I think the issue that it said was there's minor, uh, like, graphical hiccups, but I didn't notice any in the little bit that I played, so. Yeah, sometimes you'll get stuff like textures being weird or colors being off when you're trying to play a game. Um, th- this is my experience with compatibility issues with PC-, PC games, at least, is, like, if you're trying to play a game that's too old, sometimes those things will happen. And maybe that's the kind of thing that's happening here, where it's, like, the operating system is kind of not what it expects well it it can't load specific textures because of the engine and the engine doesn't run natively on linux uh more often than not it has to do with audio codecs funny enough oh yeah oh that's interesting (laughs) which uh reminds me that um uh one of my favorite and one of the only like console design tidbits that i recall uh is that the uh the ps1 all of the PS1 games were backwards compatible uh, on PS2 because the PS1 processor was what the PS2 used as a sound chip. <laughs> oh, nice. So. Well, there's there's an early version of the PS1 that audiophiles used for CD players for a long time because it was so high quality that they would replace their CD player in their like super high-end sound system with a pl- PlayStation 1. That's amazing. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah i mean i've just been installing and trying a whole bunch of different things just to get a feel for it i played like metal gear solid 5 i played crazy taxi i played some crazy weeb game that i told kale i would try is this hyperdimension neptunia it is unfortunately i see and i uh, i don't like it (laughs) but i told him i would give it at least three hours of game time before i completely gave up and i'm like 30 minutes in and want to kill myself so no you still have two and a half hours to go buddy. yeah i got a long ways to go but that was uh that was because uh, he loves those games and i kept telling him they looked really stupid and he (laughs) would tell me like no you just got to play it and it's really good and I said, I'll never buy that game. And he's like, I'll buy it for you if you play it. I was like, sure. Okay. And then he gifted it to me, and I was like, fuck. Ah, oh, he called your bluff. I, I made a mistake. <laughs> yeah, I made a mistake. <laughs> um, what else did I try? I tried, um, oh, oh, I installed The Witcher 3 and, and have resisted the urge to start it because I know it's going to suck me in. So <laughs> I, I haven't started that one yet. But... The game that uh, that actually has got its hooks in me, and I played for a whole two hours. Thank you very much, Garrett, Ooh. for saying I never play games. But <laughs> it is uh, Narita Boy, and it is a very interesting oh, game. Oh, I think I've oh. heard of this. I, th- I thought you said Naruto Boy, and I was like, now you're playing another anime game. <laughs> no, it's. Uh, I think it's made by a company called Team 17, if I recall. It is, uh, um, it is published by Team 17. Published by Team. Who's the developer? Uh, they're called Studio Koba. Studio Koba, okay. Um, yeah, the, both those names pop up at the beginning. I didn't know who was, who was responsible. They've made a lot of... Oh, I'm... I'll, I'll do more research. I, uh, I'm, I'm looking it up, but, uh, but I, I'm finding uh, some conflicting information. So... Carry on. I will. I will talk a little bit about it in a moment. So, what's really interesting about the game is that it looks 
amazing. Like graphically, if you are into like pixel art style games, it looks just crazy cool because it's got a very like 80s color palette and aesthetic and the edges of the screen are like rounded out to make it look like a CRT and it's got like a little bit of motion blur that's intentionally there to like mimic playing on an old TV. Like neon glow too. This is cool. Yeah, it's really, really cool looking. And the animations in the game are very, very smooth and well done. The sound is great if you love like the synthwave style retro wave soundtracks, like you'll you'll dig it a lot. It's it's great. And the unfortunate part is that the gameplay is just like okay. Oh. It's not amazing. It's like a very it's like how do I describe this? it's like baby's first metroidvania like the puzzles are super easy and like getting new powers is very easy it's like go here do this let me backtrack go to the next place but the backtracking's like instead of taking left at this path i'll just go right so it's Uh, it's very simple um okay the combat is not too difficult there's like some of the boss fights are challenging but even so they only took me like two tries to beat it hmm so it sounds like it might be the kind of thing where uh, it it would be fun to cruise through just to see the sights, but is yeah. maybe not super engaging on a game. I'm enjoying level. playing it just casually, like oh, I've got ten minutes, let me load it up, and I'll just run through and listen to the cool soundtrack and look at the graphics and kill some some weird zombie guys and uh, and try to figure out the nonsense fucking story because that makes no sense <laughs> at all. It's just like a whole bunch of techno jargon that is very cringy. It's like they were because the the basic premise is you get sucked into this uh, digital world reminds me kind of of Tron in that way. And you are the Narita boy who's like the hero and you have to get this special sword to uh, save the creator who's the programmer that made everything. Uh, And so it's it's very stupid. Like all of the the text of the NPCs that you come across is very, uh, I guess cringy is the word I would use because it's just, <laughs> they're just dropping in unnecessary amounts of like techno jargon just to sound interesting, but it actually <laughs> is just sounds stupid. The most interesting parts are when you get to the creator's memories, the way that that's revealed is actually really cool. And I wish it was the whole game that, that way, but Hmm. I won't say more about the story because I don't have any fucking idea what's happening. So <laughs> there yeah, you go. It's because you don't have enough Glorplocks to get to the Steam Deck. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's an interesting game. I, I like I said, I played about two hours of it. I don't know if I'll finish it because, like I said, the gameplay is kind of boring and repetitive. But yeah, I'll probably play a little bit more of it. Hey, you I finished, don't think it's you finished Donut long. County. I think you can finish this. Yeah. <laughs> Donut County was an hour and a half though. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, this is Studio Koba's first game also, so, uh, it will be cool to see what they end up doing next. Maybe it'll be something more, um, more interesting from a gameplay perspective and they'll keep doing the rad visual stuff that they've been doing. Yeah, I will say I absolutely love the visuals of this game. Like it doesn't look as cool in screenshots as it does in action. Wow. So, and it looks cool. I definitely have to recommend like at least look up a video so you can see it in action because it, it looks really cool. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of, of synthwave style music. And so I, I was playing this game with headphones the other day just to listen to the music. So nice. 
And that's a big compliment for me because you know that uh, if you've listened to the show, you know I play a lot of games on silent. <laughs> and I will say you should, uh, while we're talking about Steam Deck, you should not do that for Disco Elysium. Um, that game has great music that really helps set the tone and also fantastic voice acting. Hmm. So worth that. That is one I have installed. So, yep. Yeah, I basically went through and I was like, I'm going to install a whole shit ton of games that I want to play. And then I have to stare at them every time I load my Steam Deck and it'll hopefully incentivize me. And I was very excited to see uh, Arkham City was verified because when I was looking before I got my Steam Deck, it wasn't. So I was glad it was because I've only played Arkham Asylum. So that'll, that'll be one of the next ones I play. Arkham City is pretty good. It is pretty good. Yeah, it's not as tight and focused as Asylum. I think Asylum is still my favorite, but City mm-hmm. does a pretty good job of like expanding the scope of that kind of game in a way that's still solid. And then Night, with the exception of the Bat Tank, is uh, I think <laughs> I think better than City, but take the, uh, the that one's sadly not verified. Yeah, neither is Origin. Yeah, Origin was me. Yeah. It was made by a different Although studio. Although I heard that's the black sheep Arc- of the family. Arcane. I played yeah. it and I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I've played all of those, all the Arkham games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. it's it was very funny um, uh, listening to the the marketing for Arkham Knight uh, and like the developers were were very insistent on this is the end of the Arkham trilogy. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And now wow. they're making Gotham <laughs> Knights the. Not four-player oh, hey. co-op, two-player co-op game. Did you guys see the news on that, like, today? No. That yes. the PS4 and Xbox versions were canceled. Oh. They were canceled, which makes sense because the demos that they showed looked like they barely functioned. Yeah. <laughs> I still thought it was pretty surprising news, though. Yeah, yeah. I, that wasn't... The, the fact that it got delayed, that didn't surprise me, and... Um, the, the big, the big meme that's coming out of that is, uh, Red Hood. They're like, oh, because Red Hood was resurrected. He now has a magical traversal power and he can just use mystical leap. So like Nightwing has a, has like a Fortnite style glider. Um, they haven't showed Batgirl or, uh, or Robin yet, but then they show, (laughs) then they show Red Hood and he's just like above skyscrapers and you double jump and like, a mystical green pool shows up under him and he like oh, wow. daintily jumps off of it and you can just infinitely double <laughs> jump hover and they're like, oh, it's from the Lazarus pool. He's He's got mystical powers because he was resurrected. And then he he lands on the ground. They're like, everybody knows that he uses non-lethal weapons and he's like shooting, you know, he's shooting and shooting. And then they're like, watch this powerful pierce attack. And it just pierces through like three people and everybody, everybody on the comments were like, yeah, those mystical non-lethal bullets that don't pierce skin, but can penetrate three human bodies. Yep. <laughs> isn't, uh, so I guess this is potentially spoilers for a 2010 animated movie, but isn't, uh, isn't Red Hood Jason Todd? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who got beat to death? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> have you guys ever read that uh, that mm-mm. comic? Uh, oh my god, it's brutal! It is really brutal. Um, yeah, and and yeah, I was familiar with the Red Hood story from the comics, which makes makes sense. And it it seems like more than other superhero franchises, Batman kind of runs through the same stories over and over, like. Um, I don't I don't want to talk too much about it for fear of spoiling other 
Batman media, but like that story we has been done. We can talk about Batman. I love Batman. Well, so like, <laughs> I'm no, I'm I'm not going to spoil it because it's a thing that you might eventually partake of. Uh, that is just this story again. Um, nice. It's well, there's there's death in the family and death of the family, right? Like they, I think Scott Snyder. Yeah, he re- invoked redid it. it. Yep. Yeah. Is that those what you're talking the, about? Those no. were the last two oh. DC arcs of anything that I ever read and was like <laughs> all of this buildup and the worst, stupidest endings of all time. And I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm done I, well, with You know DC. the original one, you know that they it was a fan vote mm-hmm. on what to do with Jason Todd? Yep. And the fans voted to kill him. Yeah. Which makes yeah. it even more savage. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I don't, it cracks me up. That reminds it's me. It's a very of, good story, but it just cracks me up that they were like, "Yeah, just fuck him, just kill him." Uh-huh. That reminds me of. Uh, I think it was in Gears of War three. Uh, the vote for uh, by, oh. by Microsoft points you would buy for your a three sixty avatar save Carmine or kill Carmine. Mm-hmm. And, and because <laughs> a Carmine brother always dies, it, well, died in one and died in two, and and then in three. It's one of the main characters and does not die. So yep. like you had to you had to like play through it to figure out if he died. And there's a couple close calls. They're like, uh, he, uh, he disappeared. Uh. And then he comes back and they're like, ah, oh, yeah, he got saved. I was happy. That's funny. Yeah. I think that's a fun thing when companies like make such a big decision and let it just be chosen by the fans. Yeah. And roll with it. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's interesting. It's the kind of like improvisational storytelling that is cool about D and things like that, where you kind of have to adapt to the way that things go one way or another. Yeah, I agree. But anyway, yeah, Narita boy, that's all I've been playing. Um, well, that's, let me phrase. That's what I've been playing the most. I played a lot of other stuff for like 15 minutes, yeah. but <laughs> that's the only one I sunk any real amount of time into. Uh, I don't know if I'll stick with it, like I said. So next week I may talk about it more. Or I may be on to something else. We don't know. Cool. Maybe I'll just play a Game Boy Advance game and really make Garrett mad. Yeah. <laughs> I won't I won't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'll play an original Game Boy game. Sure. Have mm-hmm. fun, bud. <laughs> I've been wanting to play Donkey Kong for the Game Boy. I should there check that mean. out. He'll play Donkey Kong on an emulator on his Steam Deck. <laughs> no, 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 no. You have to play Donkey Kong on the Super Game Boy. Because mm. it ha- it's enhanced. Ooh, uh, so I have it digitally on my 3ds. Do you know if that's the enhanced Ooh, version? I have no idea. I have no idea. I'll have to look it up. It's <clears throat> so good. That game is amazing. If you've never played it, Gary, you should you should owe it to yourself to emulate that when you get your Steam Deck. I ha- I have. I used to own Donkey Kong for Game Boy. Nice. Oh, so good. It yeah. is more than you think. It is yep. deeper than you think. Yeah, cool. Well, uh, Garrett, why don't you take it away for for the next one? I hear you have some news as well that's slightly related. I do. I do. Um, I'll start with that first. So I got my Steam Deck email yesterday morning. <laughs> Two weeks and you just after sent a Zach... face a face roll of text. Yeah, <laughs> it was just like I was so excited. I sent a screenshot and just yeah, a bunch of letters crammed together. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. Uh, as of today, it went from processing processing to shipping soon Ooh. i have a work trip that i'm going on i have to leave at 5 30 in the morning on friday and won't be back till late sunday it's like five and a half hours away oh. but uh i'm yeah i probably won't get it before that trip so i'll play with it next week and, and talk about it a little bit a little bit next week i saw zach uh, on saturday and he brought his steam deck and i got to play around with it for a little bit it 
it is large, but it's not like everybody's making a big deal about how big the Steam Deck is. It's very comfortable. It's very comfortable in my hands. Mm-hmm. It is comfortable. I think the thing is people are the the most recent thing to compare to is like the Switch, right? And uh-huh. it's like noticeably larger than the Switch. Yeah, yeah but it, but it's more comfortable. Like I, I I was just recently holding the Switch with like just the regular Joy-Cons on it. I'm like, these dig into my palms after like 15 minutes. If you're playing a game that requires like all the shoulder buttons and the face buttons. Yeah. They're not particularly contoured. Mm -hmm. They're very flat. And yeah, not ergonomic. I might get those, the, the big, the big chonky, uh, hoary ones that go on the side of my switch. (laughs) And if you have that, somebody put those on the side of their switch and put it next to a steam deck. They're the exact same size. It's like, oh, It's a switch with comfortable con- like controls. So, but <laughs> wow. I'm really I'm really excited uh, for that to come through. Lots of cool things I'm gonna test out. Lots of emulation, uh, and I've started a list of games. I sent it to the chat to you guys of a bunch of games. But of course, the first one that I have to play is Persona Four. It's the only yeah. one that Woo! I'm going to install, and I will stick to that. And I will I'm gonna give it a fair shake and play it before I install anything else. So more more on that later, because um, I know I, I know that everybody loves hearing more and more about Persona and my journey through Persona. So, <laughs> yeah, um, I can't wait. It's going to be so great. So the, the next thing is, uh, oh, man, I was t- I was texting Zach. Uh, he knew how frustrated <laughs> I was. So uh, this will be out after this comes out. So I'm fine talking about it, but I'm going to be on a uh, guest on the ultra 64 podcast, friends of the show, both Nick and Zach have episodes with them as well. So it, it was about time. Yeah. And, and on our episode where they, they came onto our show, I was talking about monster hunter and they were like, Oh man, we need to have you uh, for a monster hunter episode. So I said, yeah, whenever you guys get to it on the Wii U, let me know. I have a Wii U copy and I know plenty of people with Wii U. So this is going to work great. <laughs> so I borrow a Wii U from Zach and I plug it in. Everything's working. I I'd never touched one, never actually seen one in person before. Wow. So I plug it in, get it all connected and hooked up. And I'm like, great. And I have this Wii U disc for Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate that I've never played because, again, I've never had a Wii U. And I pop the disc in and it says invalid disc. And I go, oh, that sucks. Hmm. Maybe it's just dirty. They're, they're Blu-rays and... You know, it's it was five dollars from GameStop a long time ago. I just wanted to add it to my collection. I open it up, big ass scratch all uh. through the side of the disc, and I go, ah, oh, okay. Well, maybe I'll just clean it up. Hopefully, you can get it running. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't know how I don't know how bad it is, but I forget that it's not like a mo- it's not like a Xbox One or a PS4 game where it's just like DRM, right? Or they just like da- it does downloads. This is a Nintendo game, so this is a Blu-ray cartridge. Yeah. So it needs to be in perfect condition to be able to be read. <laughs> so I clean it off as much as I can. I pop it in. It takes longer to get to invalid disc. And I go, ah, okay, I'm making progress. <laughs> local local game store, reset games, they resurface discs. So I, I take it over say, there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's three bucks. I hand it to the guy and he goes, Ooh, so ooh, half the these price. Are he goes, <laughs> these are Blu-rays. The and it's like three, yeah, it's like three bucks to resurface a disc. I was like, yeah eight dollars for this game total whatever mm-hmm. i checked every game store i called every game store locally to see if anyone had a copy no one has a copy so i go mm, great i get it resurfaced and he comes back and goes yeah the the big scratch in the side i don't think it's going to load uh we don't have a wii u here to test it so you know you know 
you can try it. So the rest of the disc is pristine. There's this tiny little scratch. <laughs> Bring it home, pop it in. It takes like 30, 40 seconds. Invalid disc. And I'm like, fuck. Ah, uh, uh, okay. And then I remembered I owned it on uh, 3DS. And they're the exact same game. There's no difference between the games other than the graphic the graphical fidelity. They even have the same thing with the dual screen where you can customize the bottom screen to have like mm. your health and your stamina and all your items and your map. Uh, so you can take a bunch of elements off the screen and you have these like really big cinematic boss fights. I've talked at length about Monster Hunter, so you guys don't need to know about the gameplay, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we all I, have actually. So I knew that I owned it and I go, oh, okay, well, I own it digitally. Or no, no, I own it physically and digitally. So I pop in the physical one thinking my dumb brain. Yeah, it'll just pick up my digital save because I started a save and played a couple hours when I bought it digitally a while ago. Nope. Yeah, it's, you fool. This is Nintendo. Yeah, it's yeah. Nintendo. The saves are on the cartridge. So I go. And they are different games according to that system. Basically. Exactly. Yep. And so I go to start it and I'm like, oh, wait, let me let me download it digitally because I don't want to start all the way over. It takes a little while to get into it. You know, there's all these tutorials and things you have to go through. So I go to download it and it's like, you don't have enough, you don't have enough space. Cool. I go, <laughs> I, cl- I clear space off of my 3DS and I go to download it again and the redownload button is gone. So I shut the whole system down. I turn it back on, uh, go to redownload it. The store hangs every single time I can <laughs> go through any page. I even like went through like trying to purchase a new game, uh, tried to download a free title. Nope. Can't redownload it. The redownload button, it just sits there and it freezes and I can't, you can't turn the console off and I couldn't hit the home button. Nothing would work. I'm like, are you kidding me? Wow. And at this point, I'm like three and a half hours in to just trying to play Monster Hunter uh, (laughs) over like a series of days. And I know you don't have a lot of time to play games. So this is like most of your gaming time. This is absolutely rage inducing. My my wife is like, are you okay? I'm like, no, I'm not fucking okay. So I pop the physical one in. I go, yeah, I'm going to I'll restart it whatever. So I delete. I delete a session. I go to make it. And it goes, there's another save detected on this 3DS. And I go, okay, I I don't care because I can't re-download my fucking game that I paid for. So just reset it. I go and it like just sits there and goes bloop blink. And it just has this like little loading circle. And the 3DS crashes. (laughs) (laughs) You have discovered how to break a 3DS. I go, I'm (laughs) done. I need to take a break. I I completely shut off the 3DS. I charge it all the way up. I come back to it the next day, start a new file, and I actually got to play it. And I've been quite enjoying it. It doesn't have a lot of the um, modern quality of life changes that the new series like Rise and, and World have. But it's a really nice nostalgia trip because I never played Ultimate. Because I never had a 3DS or a Wii U when the game actually came out. And I had a gap between the PSP version, like, in 2008. Fr- Freedom Unite? Freedom Unite 2 was the last one that I had played. And then... Yeah. I'm too impressed I knew that. There were, there then, were a couple of... Uh, I, I think it was Freedom Unite 1 and 2 were both PSP games. I know because uh, I, I heard talk of, like, PSP's were super popular in Japan, and that was what you would see people doing on the train all the time, is just playing Monster Hunter. Yeah, and there was a there was a Japan-exclusive one called Monster Hunter Portable 3rd, which oh, never yeah. got a U.S. release. And so the Western release was for the Wii, 
Um, well, it came out in, in Japan and, and the U.S., but it was called Monster Hunter Try. Yeah. And it had a whole bunch of Western marketing. It did okay, but it never really like drew people in. And then, like I said, I never had a Wii U or a 3DS when the Ultimate version, which has like the difficult... It's like an expansion. Uh, it's and, it's basically and, Sunbreak for yeah. 3. Yeah, and, and so I... The next one I played was Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate. But it's it's cool. I play through this. I have a little nostalgia from playing Try. It takes place in the same like little uh, fishing village, um, and, and it's got it's got a lot of charm. It's the first one that has the switch axe weapon in it. Uh, uh. Add a new weapon for each game, and so I'm playing through with the switch axe. And now that I've upgraded it a couple times, I'm killing monsters in under five minutes. And, and I'm like, oh, wow. I remember when this took me like 20 minutes, no matter what f- monster I was fighting back in the day, because I just wasn't as good. I just I didn't have hundreds and hundreds of hours of all different Monster Hunter titles under my belt. Yeah. But I, I'm having a really good time uh, playing it on 3DS. It's it's great. It's got me sucked in. I can just flip it open, do a hunt in five to ten minutes, turn it off, go do something else, come back and play it. So. I've been doing that in preparation for uh, our recording that we're going to be doing. So uh, check out Ultra 64. I'll be on the Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate episode of that show. Not playing it on Wii U, but it's the same game. So (laughs) yeah, yeah, Uh, it's uh, yeah. Uh, Nobody needs to know except our listeners. uh (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Shh, don't tell them. Yeah, yeah. But that, that's that's all I've been doing. Really excited for the Steam Deck. I'll be playing some more Monster Hunter. It makes me want to play more Rise and World. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I think you spent longer, or, or excuse me, I think I spent longer finding my Wii U than you did using it. <laughs> that's probably correct. <laughs> because of your oh, really? disc issues. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you spent longer finding it? Yeah, I had to dig it out of my storage. So it took you like four hours to find it? No, it didn't well, that way. I thought most of your time was no, no. You just said it took you heading. longer to find it than I took. Then you used it. Oh, then, then I used, used it. it. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. my ears are dumb. I guess <laughs> that's that's okay. Yeah, it's after an experience like that, I can imagine your brain is just dead. I went to go pick up the beer day. He goes, "Here you go. You can have this." I just put it back in the bo- like immediately. <laughs> put it back in the box. It's been sitting on on the floor uh, next to my shelf. I, I was just done. Uh, Twilight Princess was in there, and I was just like, "Fuck this console." Yeah, I don't. I don't want to. <laughs> so know. I never actually played it. I navigated the menus. They're super slow, mm-hmm. and uh, don't like the uh, four ounce gamepad that feels like it's gonna break every time you press a button. Dude, it feels yeah. super cheap, doesn't it? It yeah. does. It it feels like a play school video game toy. Those things, like when you look at Wii U's for sale, those are like always broken. Yeah, there. Uh, it reminds me of the the Ubisoft UDraw tablet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In terms of like build yeah. quality, it's yeah. it's yeah. really not great. I there are some Wii U games that I quite enjoy, but uh, it's a, as more and more of those come to Switch, it's a harder and harder sell to like tell people that the Wii U is cool. Yeah, and I'm just going to emulate it on my Steam Deck, and yeah. it'll run better and look better, so I'm just going to do uh, that. Uh, speaking of Steam Deck, do you happen to know if World works on, Monster Hunter World works on uh, Steam Deck? They're both unknown. Uh, they show that they work, because I was looking at that today. <laughs> nice. They work. There's some weird issues, like I think you have to go in and, and put some... Um, uh, targets like you have to type in some stuff for it to to run at a specific mode 
but it runs fine, stable at 60 frames on on both Rise and World. Neat. Yeah. Because that I could see being a big use case for me uh, whenever I get my my Steam Deck, which is like June to September is when they project Mm -hmm. that I'll be able to buy it. Um, Well, that's when we'll be playing Monster Hunter World together. That's true. Yeah. So, uh, or Rise because of Sunbreak. Yeah, of course. Oh, I mean, yeah. We're, we're going to be playing that on Switch because you, you said you didn't want to start over. So, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I thought that was what you were referring to. But yeah, definitely. Oh. I look forward to hopefully playing uh, World and uh, uh, getting to see all these cool monsters that never made it or haven't yet made it to Rise. Good stuff. Yeah. What about you? What have you been up to? Oh, yeah. I've been mostly up to the same stuff that I was up to last week. Uh, I've been playing more Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, uh, almost exclusively the RPG mode. Uh, I've had a lot of homework to do this last few weeks. This is like the last week of my semester of school uh, and then I'm off for the summer. So this has been it's been like high stress, high busyness. uh, And I have just wanted something mashy that i could enjoy uh and not think about too hard so the grand blue fantasy versus uh rpg mode was was pretty good for that a lot of it is relatively easy some of the some of the boss battles in particular are quite hard um uh, but once you know what to do it's not quite as bad and uh once you have the gear to get through it like statistically uh <laughs> make it easier uh than that that makes it makes a big difference um but yeah it's just been kind of kind of fun watching the numbers go up collecting the <laughs> loot and uh collecting skins it took me like probably 25 or 30 hours in the uh in the rpg mode before i got a single weapon skin for my favorite character i just got unlucky i guess and oh, never wow. got one for uh for jita the the female protagonist or the female version of the protagonist. But um, yeah, I won't, I won't belabor the point too much. Um, It's just kind of dumb fun. And it uh, uses a lot of the same controls as the, um, as the, the fighting game mode does. It's a little different. Um, Like uh, Vera, one of the characters, the recent DLC characters works really differently because she has, uh, transformation mechanic that's pretty crucial to how she plays and she doesn't seem to have that in the rpg mode which is really sense. weird um yeah so it's it's kind of unfortunate which just kind of makes her a worse shoto like yeah. a worse version of jita she's or Grant. slow <laughs> yeah until she powers up and yeah. um yeah, she. I, I had so much trouble with her because of that that I haven't even finished the mission to unlock her between it being shockingly harder than most of the other character unlock missions uh, and her just not having the tools I'm used to. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's fun. I look forward to continuing to chip away at that and unlock more stuff. But uh, I've also been kind of exploring some other games as I've gotten super into, or at least super interested in fighting games uh, in the last little while. Uh, I've been like looking to some of the greats in fighting game history. The Like Star Gladiator. Star Gladiator, indeed. Or Air Guys, God Bless the Ring. Or Bio yeah. Freaks. 
Stop. Any- <laughs> stop. Please, both of you need to stop. <laughs> oh, if man. I hear... Mace the Dark Age. If I, I hear yep. Masters of Tereskasi, I uh-huh. will murder you. <laughs> hey, fun fact about the game. I traded that game for Diablo 2. Whoa! That was you- an amazing trade. <laughs> you came How out. You pull that off. You scammed somebody. It was uh, a friend in middle school. He said, hey, I really want that game. And this was before Battle.net, so you could reuse the CD keys in Diablo. Uh, or some some nonsense. I could, somehow I could use it. Maybe he never redeemed it. I don't know. Oh, yeah. But he gave me his Diablo 2 with uh, Lord of Destruction. And I gave him my uh, Star Wars. And wow. uh, yeah. There you go. It was a good trade. You definitely came out ahead in that one. Um, yeah. Part some sick, cruel part of me wants to track down a copy of Criticom. And I've never heard of this game. It is a no. notably, abominably terrible uh, fighting game for the the PS One um, uh, person that we have talked about a lot on this show, Matt McMuscles. Uh, I knew this who you were going to say before you said. Yep, it. he has. It was. It's either him or Maximilian. They've both. They've both played it. But uh, Matt has a show on his channel called "The Worst Fighting Game" that was inspired by Criticom because he is hunting through the ages to try to find a game worse than Criticom. And spoilers: he has not yet succeeded. Wow! Yeah, so. He's the master of jank. Yeah, and old, broken, bad fighting games, and just yeah. games in general. He's professed his love for Street Fighter, the movie, the game. Ugh. <laughs> There's a game. What's that game that you have, Garrett? Um, mm. I I haven't played it yet, but I'm gonna grab it. You know the, Ooh, you know the one I'm talking about? Oh gosh, it's an Xbox game. I think. Ooh, and is it? Oh, it's uh, Kakuto Chojin. Taofeng. Yes. <laughs> I love that you knew exactly what I said. Was the game you have? And you're like, oh, I know which one. Taofeng, <laughs> Fist of the Lotus. Zach had me buy this. We were at Reset Games together, and I was buying games. And Taofeng, <laughs> Fist of the Lotus, was one dollar. It's an Xbox. I'm pretty exclusive. sure I said this game is probably shit. I'm pretty sure I remember it being garbage. Yeah, it's it's a it's a uh, yeah, it's an <laughs> Xbox original Xbox exclusive, and from the co-creator of Mortal Kombat comes the most think, brutal and lifelike hand-to-hand fighting ooh, game ever would created. The, would this be Didn't, John Tobias? Uh, it's it's not Ed Boon. It's the other guy, Tobias. Tobias. He he had a hand in it. Okay. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes. But I remember it. I, so I remember reading the ad because I was I was like heavily subscribed to like multiple game magazines around that time, and I remember reading about it because the thing was like you could see realistic damage on people as they get hurt, like cuts would appear on their faces and they get bruised and stuff. Yeah, it's I always bad. thought it sounded neat, but I never wanted to get it. Yeah, it's bad. Well, we'll have to to check it out sometime. Yeah. yeah, we'll have a shitty game fighting stream or something like that. But uh, Nick, I own a lot of those. So Nick, yeah. Nick has the opposite of a shitty fighting game. I do, I do. So the the two games, like I've been watching a lot of fighting game uh, YouTube videos and things, and like just consuming a lot of content because this is the thing I do when I get into something. I just like am absorbed in it and want to learn as much as I can and do as much research as I can. So the the games that I've settled on that I want to kind of check out and and get a feel for as like all-time greats of gaming history or fighting game history um, are Street Fighter 3 Third Strike and Capcom versus SNK2. Um, I talked last week briefly 
about picking up uh, CVS2 and a PS2 uh, adapter for my arcade stick, which I had not tried at the time, but I have now, and it works perfectly. It's super easy. You just plug your USB arcade stick into the um, into the adapter, set it to PS3 or PS4, like the, the PlayStation mode, uh, and it just works. It's great. Nice. Nothing better than it just works. Yeah, for real. Um, yeah, and I played around in uh, in CVS two for a little while. It's the uh, it's from an era where inputs were more difficult for things uh, than the, than they are now. So it it took some getting used to. Like uh, Kyo Kusanagi, a character that I really love in uh, King of Fighters fifteen, uh, has similar mechanics in CVS two. But uh, instead of doing like quarter circle forward and an attack and then his Rekka string of like the input you do to keep doing something after that is quarter circle forward and an attack again or quarter circle back and attack again. Um, But this is like quarter circle forward and an attack, half circle back and then like forward so like the opposite direction um mm-hmm. pretzel and, motions yeah all all kinds of weird stuff yeah there there are characters that have like there are a lot of deadly rave style um supers where you have to press a string of buttons in a particular order to like it is basically you are inputting a combo as part of the super it doesn't just do it for you um and that that's the kind of stuff that's taking some getting used to but um the game well and then the grooves and then there's three different grooves there's six and, oh six sorry yes. yeah there's six grooves and each groove makes the character play in a different way because it yeah it changes it, universal mechanics about the game like yeah this this game is is kind of like six different games in a way that you're playing because um, the the grooves are C A P and S N K, um, <laughs> and uh, f- the S N K ones don't really hold to this, but the the Capcom ones are kind of fun because they are almost like letter aligned. Because uh, C groove is for super combo, so it is the yeah, it is the one combos. Uh, no, A groove no? is the custom combo one. Dang. Um, I know, but like C groove is the one that's focused on just like getting meter and doing supers. It's simple. It's easy. Um, A groove has the custom combo mechanic where you can go into a mode where every normal strings into every other normal. Um, And uh, that's based on alpha, the mechanics from Street Fighter Alpha. Um, Mm -hmm. And then P groove is for parry because that's the third strike groove uh, where you get to parry attacks like third strike. and then, yeah, SNK, I forget exactly what S is, but... Uh, Samurai. <laughs> uh, I, I think... Everyone gets swords. <laughs> I mean, you you say that, but K-Groove is basically Samurai Groove because it's the Samurai Showdown Groove where you get, oh. um, uh, where you get a, a rage meter that builds up and you do a bunch more damage and can do supers when it fills and then it depletes. Um. But uh, yeah, I, if I recall correctly, the S groove is based on King of Fighters 94, so it's pretty s- relatively simple. And then N groove uh, is based on King of Fighters 98. And the the mechanics for like doing supers and getting the damage buffs are kind of 
I I haven't quite wrapped my head around it yet, but Engroove is notable for having the most um, movement options. Like mm. these grooves also change fundamental things about the game. Like if you double tap forward, do you run or do you dash? Like <laughs> those are those are things that change uh, mm-hmm. d- when you're based on your grooves. And like, can you do short jumps or are all your jumps floaty? Um, can you do a roll like a King of Fighters style roll? And that's actually pretty important because of a pretty significant glitch in this game where if you roll and then cancel it into a special move, uh, the invincibility from the roll carries over into the special move, um, which, yep. roll which cancels. is, yeah, um, which takes a pretty broken game balance wise and unbreaks it a little bit because everyone gets broken. <laughs> Yeah, and then you also factor in it's got a ratio system, so you can pick three characters, like King of Fighters, but you can also just ratio it and do, oh, I only want to pick two characters and have one character with the power of two char- like the health bar of two characters. Yeah, it's it's actually, so you get four, <laughs> four bits. Um, oh, four points, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, so you could have one four-point character if you wanted, uh, but the default is three uh, characters two or one point and one is two and so mm-hmm. you you end up it's there are a lot of decision points in this game there are a ton of characters uh it's it's really cool like this has been a lot of fun to research and dive into because there's just so much there like different characters function differently in different grooves and like tier lists will show characters in different spots with different grooves uh it's pretty wild so it's been a lot of fun just like researching and looking at stuff and like learning about why these games are legendary and the mechanics that uh, are in them and learning about those to kind of transfer that over to a general sense of fighting games which yeah yeah we need another versus game like tomorrow yeah i would love I would love to see another Capcom versus SNK. I think that would be super cool because those games both have casts that I really, or those publishers both have casts that I really enjoy. And one of my favorite things about these games in particular is that a few characters get dragged up from like some weird random other game uh, from the library of the publisher. So like you'll get metal slug characters in, uh, in the, the capcom versus snk games on the snk side and like or like the last blade which is great oh yeah <laughs> forgot there the was next last one's blade. gonna have lord sadler oh that would be cool some like capcom 5 stuff just have um uh vanessa schneider from uh piano 3 <laughs> oh god who i forgot the the protagonist of uh killer 7 not the protagonist but the is it dan yeah yeah like the the one that you the main quote-unquote main personality mm-hmm. well not you're you know fucked. you know what i mean yeah you're fucked like have that as uh. his, like as he shoots <laughs> main, main character of the next uh capcom versus snk is ashley from resident evil 4 oh <laughs> why would ashley be in, Mar- when, in capcom or uh, yeah She's from resident evil mm-hmm yeah. Why, oh, I w- for some reason I thought you were talking about Evil Dead, Ashley. Oh. I was like, well, I don't know why I thought of that. The other half of Mary Kate and. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. Famed Mar- voice Mary actress Kate and Ashley versus SNK. <laughs> <laughs> 
famed voice actress Ashley Johnson is just in this game for no reason. That would be great. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, yeah, it, it's funny you you say that, but uh, one of the most ex- obscure characters in CVS2, Kyosuke from Rival Schools, is the guy on front and center on the cover, which is really oh, yeah. strange. <laughs> which character is that? Um, I only remember what they look like. Uh, he has like a white jacket. He has this sort of... Um, I'm trying to remember the martial art that has the like uh, idol pose that that he has, but um, he is he's a relatively simple character. He is kind of SNK style in a way, but is sort of a Shoto. Um, he's got I think he's got like shortish orange hair, but uh, he is from the same school as Batsu. Um, the one with the blue jacket who was the rival school's representation in Tatsunoko versus Capcom. Okay. Yeah, I just Googled him. I remember him. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what his name was. Yep. Yeah, he's randomly the rival school's character that they picked to be in CVS2. And he <laughs> not looks. Not Batsu, not. <laughs> yeah. Not Akira. Akira yeah, is not the Akira. Um, great choice for, uh, for uh, Street Fighter V. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, so that's been a lot of fun. It's been fun just, like, doing research and reading stuff. There are so many great resources out there, and um, it it really feels like a community that cares about helping each other grow and get better, and that has been really wonderful to explore. So, uh, and with that, um, I will check in now um, before we get to our question of the episode and say, how are you doing on your beers? It's gone. Ooh, nice. Gone. Mine is gone Del- too. And delicious. I, I poured my second one. So we'll see Ooh-hoo. how loopy I end up at the end of this. I maintain that I would not have enjoyed a second. So I'm I, glad I, I stopped at one. That makes stout, sense. The stout is making me very full. So I'm also glad I didn't have a second, but I have a second for, or I have another can for some other time. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's just a second first is all it is. My second first. Yeah. Mm. No, it was good. Uh, I enjoyed it. It's my, my thoughts are similar to what I echoed earlier, which is that it doesn't have the strong coffee flavor. And so I, I enjoyed it more than other similar styles of beer. Well, uh, with that, we will move on to our question of the episode. If you have a question you'd like to send to us, uh, you can send us an email at cohopspodcast at gmail.com or message us on any of our social media accounts that we will uh, mention at the end of the show. So listen to the end of the show if you want to know those. And uh, I believe it was Garrett who found this one. So why don't you tell us? Uh, who sent this in and what the question is sure uh i know this because you don't want to pronounce the name but uh <laughs> <laughs> it's it's gin zaraki there you go gin zaraki i had a feeling uh, it was not gin like yeah, the drink <laughs> i feel like we've talked about it's this before but it's gin from the anime gintama ah okay there you go never heard of it but i'm sure it's good mm-hmm. uh gin i already forgot zaraki zaraki <laughs> There you go. <laughs> uh, from our Discord, uh, posted this a little while ago in April when Zach asked for questions and the board was flooded. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a lot of great ones, and this one was like one of the ones that is was particularly like it it prompts thoughtful conversation. So I like this one yeah. as not being part of a flurry, just having the time to focus on it because it was really interesting, and I thought a lot about this. Well, it was it was one of the ones that wasn't about Zach specifically, so or about <laughs> the Mariners. So yeah, I decided to, I decided to pick it. Um, but they ask if you could take over the life of any villain, which would it be and why? And I guess uh, Zach, let's let's start off with you. Uh, go to Nick since Nick already has his answer. I've been juggling between a couple, so I'll go last. Yeah. Okay. I came up with mine pretty easily, and it's partly because of a meme I saw recently. Amazing. And I, th- I, you know, that started it, but then I thought, okay, this wouldn't be too bad. And the answer is Bowser. Okay. <laughs> and the reason is, you get to be bad. You get to kidnap the princess. Your arch nemesis Mario, he'll never kill you. No. He just likes to put his feet on your head <laughs> and then throw you into a pit of lava sometimes. But he won't kill you. So you know fine. you're safe. Yeah. Yeah. And then just another time, you go, okay, this time I'm going to wear a tux. I'm going to kidnap the princess again. And I'm going to marry her this time. Yeah, I'm going to force her to marry me. That's, mm-hmm. you know, who needs consent? But <laughs> the, the, You're the best part me. about being Bowser <laughs> is that despite all of this, you get invited to go play golf with them mm-hmm. and drive carts and play baseball you know, they're still like, go to All parties. Right, parties. You're, one, you're the bad guy, but, you know, come hang out with us anyway. Uh-huh. Like, just don't do some shit this time. Wait, <laughs> wait till the next time. Yeah. <laughs> so you get the best of both worlds. You get to be evil as shit and constantly mm-hmm. kidnap the princess. But then you get to go have fun with them after. Yeah, it it I, I really buy into the um, the like theory slash concept that the Mario games are all like stage plays. And you're like, they're they're all a performance, and like Bowser is playing the bad guy, and that's it's there just, we go. Yeah, it's it's like theater, which that's that's kind of great. And I I love the games that play into this. Like, uh, is it is it three or World that has the like stage uh, dressing on the on the uh, title screen? Three, I think. Three. No, 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 yeah, yeah, no, yeah. it's three. Yeah, yeah, and then like three has the curtains that that draw up. Yeah, and then Paper Mario really leans into it, and Paper Mario yeah. is my favorite Mario, so there you go. The f- the first Paper Mario? Uh, well, it's my favorite variety of Mario. I, oh, okay. Um, I, uh, there's a whole lot of them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, I mean, I, I really they like... They vary drastically. What a weird series. They, like, they, they do. They are so different from each other. They do. Um, Origami King is, is great. Um, I never felt inclined to finish it but i enjoyed the time i spent with it but thousand year door is like some of the funniest writing i've seen in video games it's so good but yeah i think that's a great choice yeah i i was just i saw the meme and i, I can't even remember what the meme said but it was something along the lines of uh bowser still gets invited to go go-kart racing with with his people despite being evil and <laughs> that uh is what popped in my mind when i read this question and i thought about it i'm like yeah that's a that's a good choice you get to be evil but you still get to go hang out with the with the homies after. Yeah, it's like the um, the the people like Doug Jones who are like monster career monster actors, and they're like the sweetest people. 
<laughs> they just, they're just so nice. Um, or, oh, who's the, who's the guy from, um, from Spain who plays the really long limbed, um, like he was, uh, he got his big break in wreck playing the old lady in the attic. Dude, I have no idea. Oh man. Um, I don't watch movies. Huh. Yeah. He's a, oh yeah. Javier Botet. He is. Of real. course. Yeah. Oh, of course. He's really talented. How could we forget. <laughs> yeah, he's a, a very a name I've never heard. Very cool guy. Seems super nice, but is incredibly talented at playing these really, really creepy characters. Um, yeah, horror horror movie dude. Also very attractive uh, when he's not wearing all the horrible makeup. So <laughs> this is good stuff. I, I'll, I'll say my my runner up choice that I didn't choose for most of mostly the reason being that I couldn't talk about it much because I don't know much is uh seems like handsome Jack would be a good choice. Oh yeah. Cause he's rich as fuck. Mm-hmm. That's uh that's similar logic to my choice, uh, which is I, I thought about this a, a bunch and I couldn't find an answer. I was super excited about. And, but this was the closest I came, which is Albert Wesker. Um, okay. He seems okay, like, yeah, yeah. Like he's also quite Which version rich. of Albert Wesker. <laughs> um, That's a character who changes quite a bit. He does. I'm thinking like approximately like RE four or five. Uh, I was going to say RE five is when he gets crazy. He gets like superpowers. He does. He's yeah. Very. Everybody gets superpowers in that game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You could be RE one Wesker. Who's just a cop. Yeah. Ju- just a, a dirty <laughs> cop. Yep. That doesn't sound like fun. But, like, being, uh, if not in charge of, at least, like, a big deal to this really huge pharmaceutical corporation, you are probably living a luxurious life, and he's just so, so powerful that he can afford to style on you as he is fighting you, (laughs) and he'll just, like, dodge your bullets like nothing. Um, I remember remember the Wesker fights in that game being pretty challenging. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember Wesker being very fun to play in um, Marvel vs. Capcom 3 also. Yeah. Oh, I forgot he was in that game. Character. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wesker and Jill, which it was, mm-hmm. it was Resident and Evil Chris 5. And Chris Redfield too, right? Yeah, and it's Resident Evil 5 Jill. Like, yeah, like mind-controlled, like uh-huh. parasite on her chest. Or not not parasite, but like, yeah, robot. Yeah, the, whatever the weird robot bioweapon device is, because... Jill was in there in Marvel Marvel vs. Capcom 2, which mm-hmm. was res- like original Resident Evil Jill, and then they're like, no, it's five. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Did, didn't one of her supers call out Nemesis? Or or like in the in two, yes. In yeah, three, no. Yeah. But like, yeah. didn't he like bring out a bazooka and shoot stuff? But then Nemesis himself was actually a character in uh in three. In three. Yeah. Ah, uh, those are fun games. I'm realizing I don't remember anything about Resident Evil 5, despite playing through the entire thing. I'm, like, trying to think right now. I'm, like, I remember Wesker was crazy, and yeah. I remember Chris had biceps the size of basketballs, and that's <laughs> the extent of what I can remember. He about punched a rock until it, like, <laughs> I punched a boulder until it fell. Um, what a weird game. I played through the whole thing co-op with my friend Kevin, and, and don't remember a thing about it. I think i played through it a few times i enjoyed it a lot i'm i i wouldn't necessarily call myself a an re5 apologist but i definitely like it more than a lot of people um yeah the my my yeah. gut reaction to my memory is that it, it was a fun game but shouldn't be resident evil 
Yeah, I I get that feeling about six in particular. Like I've played a bit of six recently, partly because it has some critical role uh, cast members as voice actors in that, um, which is kind of fun. But uh, and so it's like fun to hear Leon Kennedy played by the dungeon master of critical role. That's pretty cool. Um, I mean, Matt Mercer is famous and a talented voice actor beyond being in critical role, but that's where I've heard his voice the most in, in recent months. Um, so yeah, I, I haven't talked about it cause I never like played enough to, to really sink into it. And also I think that game's probably not very good. And so there's probably not a <laughs> lot to actually discuss. It's just uh-huh. like a mediocre third person shooter with some kind of cool, um, atmosphere to it and a pretty dumb story. So, yeah, that, yeah, it keeps flipping perspective over and over again. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are all the different like campaigns. And that's something mm. I don't want to get too derailed, but that's a big pet peeve of mine with games. And it's part of why like recent Switch release 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim is uh, like didn't click with me the way it does for a lot of people is that like din- disjointed storytelling you don't want to play 13 main characters uh and and like it's so arbitrary the conditions for like unlocking more story moments and it like you can do that kind of thing in a movie because a movie is still carefully controlled and you can control the pacing and you can set it properly but giving players the choice of like which which story do you want to see like it just ends up being having horrible pacing so yeah anyway game developers don't do that (laughs) uh but yeah have you uh have i bought you enough time to think about your choice all right garrett Uh, tell us why you want to be a guilty spark guilty spark oh no (laughs) no i do not do not not want to play um as guilty spark no I, i was going through and i was trying to think of exactly who and i had i had two but i'm gonna i'm gonna settle with one i was actually steaming through er, steaming i was scrolling through <laughs> and i played steam games just to kind of get an idea choo choo between steam train <laughs> it was between two um and i want to go with virgil from the devil may cry mm. series Ooh, i was close so to picking brother that yeah, br- brother of Dante, but just like wields a katana and is like mysterious and t- and is like a shape shifter. Dante. <laughs> yeah. Basically. So, I mean, kind of think of of Dante and Virgil as like Loki and Thor. Thor mm-hmm. being the Dante being the Thor analog and Virgil being the Loki analog. Like <laughs> he he just tricks him all the time, shape shifts um, into different characters or different people or different entities and. Uh, goes toe to toe with Dante all the time and sometimes becomes the anti-hero, even though Dante is also kind of the anti-hero. So he's the anti-anti-hero. <laughs> yeah. Um, so does that make him the true hero? Mm. Oh, Ooh, double negative. <laughs> so yeah, he's just, he, he's cool. He has all it's, the same powers, he, almost all the same powers as the hero. And he's an anti-villain. There you go. <laughs> so is a hero. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what, what, what is this? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, supposed to be picking a villain, Garrett. Yeah, I say, I, I'd say, I'd say, uh, Virgil. Uh, yeah. Virgil seems like. I mean, he's got cool powers. Gets to go on cool adventures. He's the other half of this, this, uh, this, this duo of brothers who are part demon, part angel. 
and uh yeah, yeah it, it, it's got a cool story i'm really looking forward to uh playing five because it they added after you well you don't have to beat the game but after you beat the game you can pay five dollars <laughs> and play as virgil uh through the whole entire story so i'm i'm looking forward to doing that yeah i i would like to go back to that game again i enjoyed it yeah. a lot um the the new character in that game v has some pretty interesting mechanics with like summoning his little animal friends mm-hmm. um it's pretty cool yeah. it's like a, a, Here, a raven a, a panther and something else yeah here's a devil may cry question because i have not played one since the very first game uh-huh. uh who's nero nero is like the next he's, he's like he's budget dante <laughs> yeah so like nero is like yeah i, I forgot what his deal was because it's been so long since i played to dante four. He's like Dante's protege. I don't mm-hmm. think that he's related. Oh, okay. Um, he's, he, I remember seeing him and I was like, is this Dante's son? Like, what, who is this no, guy? No. He, has, he had his arm chopped off and then he gets like demon powers. So that's his big mechanic is like he has this hand that he can like extend out and like manipulate. And then his sword is also super unique. So uh there's a rev mechanic with the sword so Mm -hmm. when it sheathed you press the right trigger to rev it like a motorcycle engine or like a like a motorcycle uh and fucking japanese when you (laughs) when you rev it before you attack because the attack buttons are on the face buttons so you rev it with the right trigger and if it's all the way built up uh it's on fire and does extra damage but then you can also spend the little bars that you rev up as like extra special cancels inside of combos mm-hmm. um so it's, it's pretty cool i own every devil may cry uh yeah oh, go ahead Nick. He, he's cool mechanically uh but he just doesn't have the charisma that dante does um no he and, definitely doesn't uh yeah but it's not not bad he i don't i don't know that he ever came back after four he's in five. Oh, he is i don't yeah, he's one of the main characters in five. Oh, i just don't remember he, him at all in the very opening cutscene, so I, there's things that that I could spoil because I played far enough in the game that I know some of the story mm-hmm. beats. But I finished very... it. I just don't remember him. <laughs> oh, it's funny that you finished it and you were like, "Oh yeah, V." Anyway. Oh well, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh-huh. okay, okay, okay. I know so, so, the thing, um, but yes. So, so in the very beginning, so Nero from four has his uh de- like his demon arm his devil arm and that gets stolen by a mysterious fig figure so he literally does not have an arm uh or his left uh. arm he just has a nub f- through like part of the first mission and then he meets the character i forgot what her name is but she's the, like the, the mechanic cute, the cute tattooed lady with the southern accent with the southern accent yeah, yeah. and the van yeah it says devil may cry on the side and neon <laughs> but she she makes uh these these uh appendages called devil triggers and that's one of the mechanics with uh nero in that game is that he has different interchangeable hands and you can oh, use duh. those attacks yeah, you can use those attacks or what you can do is you can do a super attack and the hand explodes after you use it. And you can get fun things like you can get Mega Man's Buster and, <laughs> you know, shoot with it while you're also slashing. So it, it's a pretty cool mechanic. But that's uh, oh. Devil May Cry 5 is one of those games that um, it's playable or not playable. It's verified on deck. So I can't wait to play it on the Steam Deck. But it's it's uh, weird how different the series has become from how it started yeah yeah it's it's amazing how do i not remember him being like the main 
basically the main playable character in that game and like yeah, i loved cause... the the devil trigger like having your various like since you can deploy it and have it explode uh you carry a loadout with you and you can switch between them of various yep. types and uh, and how could you forget the rocket arm where you can you know do a rocket punch or you can surf on it you can yeah. like deploy it and it's a little jet engine surfboard that you can like fly into enemies with it's oh amazing. man it's been way too long since i played this game i think i'm i'm due for uh for a, yeah. a replay especially i played it on xbox one i'm pretty sure originally and now that i have the series x i bet it looks beautiful on that oh yeah it, it does that's what i i play it's on game pass so i played it there but I think the ultimate edition or whatever for five was on sale for like $8. So I picked it up on PC saying, okay, yeah, well I'll I'll eventually play it on, on the deck when I get it or on my PC. But it's, it's been one of those on my, on my backlog. That's been pretty high. So that might be my next play after persona. Nice. Random fact is that Dante is my favorite uh, MVC three character. Yeah. He's really good. He's the most, broken stupid has so many special moves and guns and so much fun to play yeah he is very fun to play he was on my main team Uh uh-huh uh virgil was on my main team as well he's uh am i understanding correctly that he might be the most broken character in that game okay yeah if sentinel if like storm sentinel magneto or storm sentinel doom in marvel versus cap marvel versus capcom 2 was broken virgil was just asshole supreme in three yeah. when when, when <laughs> like ultimate marvel versus capcom 3 came out he's so good in any position it's amazing yes he has a move that counters pretty much everything and i'm not talking about a counter move it's that it comes out faster or it hits you from full screen or his stupid <laughs> anime sword thing that just throws sword projectiles all over the screen so you can't approach him oh yeah he's just a complete asshole it's delightful but yeah the uh the thing that unites Virgil and Wesker to me and the reason that I uh, chose them basically like that Virgil was a close number two uh, is that they seem like they're having fun like even if they're villains yeah. they seem like they're enjoying so they're themselves. psychotic that's yes. true but if I were to jump into <laughs> their life I would also be having fun in theory that's the that's the hope but yeah Virgil Wesker and Bowser those are uh three drastically different characters yeah it's funny there's like horror tinged action games and then bowser (laughs) and then mario and then bowser yeah it's just surprising that the guy with mario tattoos picked a mario character nah no i thought you would pick ken griffey he's not a villain he's He's the hero of every story (laughs) yeah he is hero of seattle at not least. not of the alternate version that structures came up where he's zombie baseball man eating he's the brains the <laughs> he's still the hero yeah you can't yeah, that's the uh that's the warm bodies version of zombies where he doesn't eat people <laughs> i if i recall correctly ken griffey jr was on at least two if not three separate nintendo power covers Mm-hmm. probably sounds correct mm-hmm Really weird side tangent. The person who cut my hair today, she said that she heard that Ken Griffey played for the Bellingham Bells. Oh, because true. they used to be a farm team for the Mariners. <laughs> yep, that's amazing. That is a fact, and I have a uh, a card from them. Nice. That's that's really cool. Also, uh, I believe um, uh, fellow Mariners Hall of Famer and uh, baseball Hall of Famer Edgar Martinez also played for the Bellingham Bells. Oh, wow. Wow. 
the more you know. There you go. That's that's pretty cool. But yeah, that's your baseball facts for the day. Uh, and <laughs> brought to you by Zach. Indeed. Uh, and with that, I think we're going to call it an episode. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. And thanks to my co-host for being here. Uh, if you want to find... You're welcome, Nick. <laughs> oh, excellent. I, I realize I haven't done that before. So it's, uh, it's nice. <laughs> I, I appreciate, like, all of us are pretty busy people and so taking the time out of our schedules to to do this is uh 100 worth it for me uh but it is not an insignificant thing so uh it's and- only 99.8 percent worth it for me so just so you guys know <laughs> yeah point no, two 2.2 percent of contempt <laughs> it it blows up 200 because you get to drink beer while you do it that's oh, true yeah, yeah. i guess so yeah. that's the point two percent is the beer <laughs> No, it's 8%. <laughs> There's your dad joke of the episode. Boom. We got Baseball there. facts and dad jokes. This is a packed episode. Wow, yeah. Um, but yeah, so thank thank you all of you out there for spending your precious time listening to this as well. Uh, if you want to spend more of your time looking at our social media pages, you can find us at Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch. We'll have to do some fighting game streams one of these days. Um, get together and, and do that um, at Cohops Podcast at all of those places. And I mentioned it before, but cohopspodcast at gmail.com uh, is where you can send your emails. Uh, if you send them in and don't tell us not to, we will possibly read them on the show. So don't send us your corporate secrets unless you really want to get fired. So we'll have we'll have to have a special expose of whatever company you work for or have information for. Indeed. You're going down X company. You're going down Umbrella. There we go. That's a company that you should whistleblow on. Wait, but Nick, that's who you work for. (laughs) I know. That's right. I forgot. I, I traded my life away to be cool dude in a silver suit who is really fast. Who always wears sunglasses. Always. If you break his sunglasses, he gets very mad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes. Uh, Where can people find you on the internet, Zach? On Twitter at Zach has no pants. The one in two months I post. I know. I need. I we were talking about this earlier. I need to purge my following list so that Twitter becomes more usable. Yeah. So that I. It, It really like unless you just hide people that you follow which defeats the purpose of following them it really becomes unwieldy because you're like man i gotta scroll for 16 years just to get through the recent updates (laughs) especially if you follow someone like this isn't a dig at this person just they're active on twitter like um uh oh my gosh i'm forgetting his name jeremy game over greggy oh the hell is his actual name oh yeah greg miller greg miller thank you jesus but yeah, like he's he's very active on Twitter and like he has a lot of great posts, but I cannot keep up with everything. My God. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I follow him on Instagram and it is similar, though uh, not not quite the same because everything needs pictures. Uh, and lately it's just been uh, pictures of his uh, beautiful, sadly, recently departed dog, Portillo's. R.I.P. Portillo. Yes. Portillo named after Portillo's, I'm sure. But yes. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, well, thank you for listening to this episode. Um, 
No plug for Garrett. Oh, <laughs> you don't no. need to plug me. I didn't I'm even plug myself. I'm mysterious and aloof. <laughs> I got I got so distracted, and also Garrett's very deeply focused on something. That's so. what that's what happens when you talk about dead dogs. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I just it my brain couldn't handle it. It needed to stop everything escape, it was doing. Escape. Yes. <laughs> Wrap it up. But yes, so Garrett, where can people find you? At Gmank sixteen on Twitter and Instagram. And I am at nprinzing on twitter and at nicholas.prinzing on instagram even i forget sometimes which is which but <laughs> i really should just change them to be the same but eventually he's gonna swap them to be the opposite of what they are right now and yeah. really throw people for a loop oh yeah that'll be fun He'll throw himself for a loop <laughs> exactly <laughs> very my username you, nick <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah I mean, I am uh, I am going to school in Wisconsin now, so it's it's oh, rubbing off. Even though I'm not ever there, <laughs> the, reading the text is rubbing off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Listening to my professor's lectures, apparently, even though none of them have strong Midwest accents, it's good times. Uh, but yeah, uh, thanks for joining us. Here's the actual outro. Now that I've actually remembered to talk to everyone, uh, and <laughs> we will see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> okay, I gotta tell you a quick mayonnaise story, though. <laughs> so, I also am a... Uh, I, I hate mayonnaise. This doesn't have to go in the show. This can be edited out. But I, I do not like mayonnaise. I'm right there with you, Garrett. And I have a, a seared memory from when I was a child and I went to Birch Bay Water Slides for a school trip and they had those packaged sandwiches, right? With the mayonnaise squeeze tubes. Oh, yeah. And some fat kid is sitting on this chair with multiples just <laughs> just sucking the mayonnaise straight out. <laughs> and then he would just like toss it to the side and grab the next one. <laughs> and just Wow. This is like on the level of your chicken tubes. <laughs> I watched oh. him for like <laughs> a couple of minutes oh and I was God. like mesmerized. <laughs> I couldn't believe what I was watching. Oh. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'm going to be sick. Oh. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, there you go. There's a fun story for you, Garrett. I love that. I don't. I hate it. I hate that it's seared in my brain from fifth grade. It's seared in my brain now, you asshole. <laughs> you didn't have to witness it. You described it so perfectly. It's in my mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs>